there and welcome back to another Bible study edition of Nightlight. And back with us, speaking to me from his home in San Antonio, Texas, is Melvin. We have a guest tonight on Nightlight. Melvin, I just tallied up the amount of Bible classes that you shared with us on Nightlight over the past seven years. And this class today is going to be number 25. And the title of your class is True Holiness. Why this topic in particular? Yes, I mean, you know, this class came about as uh, one of my, you know, friends in uh, South America that I, you know, share the word with. And he had some pastors talk to him about a scripture in the Bible, the New Testament, about holiness. And so he asked me to share on holiness. And so I recorded a message for him uh, online and I sent it to him. And that's how it came about. And it was uh, it was a real eye-opener and a revelation to me as I was going through the scriptures uh, teaching him. I mean, it was amazing how the Lord sometimes gives me classes, you know. It's not that I'm sitting down and saying, okay, what should I teach? It's just like uh, the Spirit just brings people, you know, through people's questions and different things. And so that's how this class came about. And it's been a big blessing to me and also to a lot of people that I taught here in the States and in Canada and different places. So that's how the class came about. Very interesting. I think the word holy, which of course is maybe one of the most frequently used words throughout the Bible, is a word that people have the wrong connotation of. I certainly cringe a little when I hear about being holy because I tend to associate it with false piety and religiosity and a holier-than-thou attitude. You know what I mean? So I'm very eager to hear what you have to teach about what being holy actually means. It's nightlight. What a delight. Yeah, I mean, it's so amazing, Simon, that, the, you know, sometimes we look at the Bible, we look at uh, the New Testament, and we miss a lot on, you know, the amazing gospel that Paul was so excited to teach and to preach and to die for. Right. I mean, I was quite narrow-minded, you know, in the past about the gospel in the sense that my understanding of the gospel was just, okay, Jesus died for our forgiveness of sins, we go to heaven, and then, you know, on the earth, we ask God to help us and do our best. Right. And that was my Christian life and my understanding, you know. So I really didn't get deep into the into the New Testament. Just, you know, till like four or five years ago, I really started getting into it. And it's, it's amazing how a lot of times the understanding of the scriptures of God is that God you know, what is God requiring of me? See, that is where we start with. Mm -hmm. What is he asking me to give up? Mm -hmm. Should I have to give up this? Should I have to give up that? And so that kind of puts a burden on us. And then it kinds of, you know, the relationship between the Word and the Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, it's a little bit uh, murky in the sense that it's not clear. Right. But the Bible or the New Testament, it's all about not what we need to give up for, for God, for Jesus, but it's what he done for us. Mm -hmm. And that's why Paul said, you know, the gospel is the power of God to everyone that believes. Amen. And so the more I got into different details of what Christ has done for me, God started revealing things to me 
about you know righteousness holiness uh, blessings inheritance a new creation i'm so excited to study the bible because every time i do you know there's more that god is revealing to me to who i am in christ and also what christ has done for me and so that is exciting that's 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 what i love to teach and so the holiness is one of those things that jesus died for us to have it's not the self holiness that mm-hmm. a lot of us think we need to produce right there's no production here we are not producing any holiness or righteousness or any of those things yes okay, so simon in the world there are so many different religions so many of them especially like in india i mean hundreds and thousands of them yes and all of them they have the same self holiness that when they're taught that they have to do this and that to be holy like the buddhists the jains the muslims every religion teaches people to be holy to do good things uh-huh but the difference between those religions and us as christians is that we have the holiness of god given to us when we are born again when we receive jesus christ so that is true holiness we don't have a self holiness we have the same holiness that comes from christ right see that's the difference but a lot of times the christian they still follow the world's form of holiness by trying to earn it or to produce it by good works right yes so holiness is something that is deposited into our spirit into us when we became sons of god or children of yeah. god that is what is given to us and this deposit of holiness is the holiness of god himself it's not anything from what you did all the work we do for the lord or you know helping the poor being kind to people all of that is a result of the holiness that is in us but the fact is that we think we need to produce that holiness so we you know when we do good things we feel holy and when we mess up we feel really bad right. but see that's not the gospel the gospel is amazing so there's so much misunderstanding Simon on the topic of holiness yes. there's a lot of hangovers from the old testament into the christian faith regarding holiness mm-hmm. in the old testament like we know people just kept the commandments as much as possible and god blessed them according to their performance and so holiness was not something that was a big requirement in the old testament you know there were some good verses talking about being holy but the word holy also means to be separated or to be sanctified right that's right I remember the class we had on be separate holiness is part of that we are separated from the world and we are set aside for god's use or for god's work now our father he's not going to ask us to do something that is not already given it to us Like say for example faith the bible says the just shall live by faith no options there but god made sure we have the faith of jesus christ so it's in our spirit it's one of the fruits of the spirit the bible says god has given to every man the measure of faith so we have the faith already inside of us and now god is saying now you walk by faith yes not by sight see god already gave it to us so if god is expecting us to walk in holiness or to holiness to manifest in our daily life 
then he has to give us that. He's not expecting us to produce it. And so we already have it. See, that's the class I'm, uh, I'm teaching today. Right. How to live out of that holiness and not trying to produce it. Yes. So there are so many questions on this topic, Simon. In the Bible, in the New Testament, it's very, very clear. Now, in order for us to be separated, sanctified or made holy, we need more than just trying to be pure or trying not to sin or trying to be good. There's something more than that. Now, our spirits had to be purified, blameless, complete, so that the nature of God can start manifesting in our spirit, which is done when we receive Jesus Christ. We are new creatures. All things have passed away. Right. Behold, all things have become new. And all these things are of God. That was 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18. So our spirits are complete. It has been justified, sanctified, and made righteous. So our spirits are pure because Jesus, through his blood, got our spirits to be sanctified and recreated by the Holy Spirit. Praise God. And that's why we are all born again. And so our spirits are ready to go to heaven any time that our body and our spirit separate or if Jesus comes back, right? Right. <laughs> now the confusion comes is when people really don't understand the difference between the spirit, the soul and the body. And so they combine all of that as a soul. And so they look at the way they behave in this world, their lifestyle and their attitudes and their mindsets and they think, how can I be holy? Because look, I'm not. And so they settle down to the fact that, oh, it doesn't really matter. You know, I have these thoughts, I have these things happening in my life, but Jesus died for me, so I'm going to go to heaven. And they just try to do what they can and try to stay holy. But nobody's holy in the soul. That is an attitude, a mindset, a willpower, emotion. That's the soulish part of our being. So none of us are holy. We don't have that holiness on the outside. But the Lord is talking, every time the Bible is talking about the holiness uh, is a gift that came through Jesus Christ. You understand that, Simon? Yes, indeed. I mean, I was scared of looking at some uh, verses in the Bible, I mean, long time ago on holiness, because I just thought that I had to produce more holiness, right? And so I kind of skipped those. Right. And now we know that the righteousness of God and the holiness of God is a gift that we received when we were born again. I feel all right when I'm listening to Nightlight. You're tuned in to Nightlight. Simon, could you read uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24? And that he put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Yes. So it says here very clearly, put on the new man, that is the recreated spirit. We call it the new man in the Bible. And we need to put it on. God created it after the likeness of God. Right. Or the image of God or after God in mm. righteousness and true holiness. So it is already deposited. We already have it. We need to put on that true holiness. That is our job. But that true holiness is God's holiness. It's after God in true holiness. So the new man, I taught on this many times, but the new man is already recreated spirits. We need to put it on. So instead of trying, trying to do holy things, we put on the holiness and now the holiness of God starts manifesting in our daily life. Now our spirits are already created in true righteousness and true holiness. So there's nothing that you can do to add more holiness or righteousness into your spirit, which is the real you. 
So your spirit is holy, it's complete, it's righteous, it's wonderful, just like Jesus. But it says we need to learn how to put on the same thing into our soul. And that is when our mind is renewed, our emotions are now controlled by, by the new man, our thoughts. See, that is where as Christians we fail. We don't put on the new man, but we are trying to do what God's Word says by our own righteousness and by our own holiness. Right. And that is where, you know, a lot of confusion comes in and people don't know how to do that, how to put on the new man. But if you look at verse 23, Simon, could you read that? Verse 23 says, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So, that is how we put on the new man. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So, when a spirit of a mind, that's a subconscious level of a mind, is renewed to the truth of God's word, then we are able to put on this new man and all that comes with it, peace, love, joy, holiness, all of that is in the new man. So, if the spirit of a mind or the subconscious level of a mind is not renewed by the word of God, then we still remain carnal or natural uh, in our soulish realm. I mean, we would love God, you know, we would sing songs to God, we talk to Him, we pray, but our mind is still operating according to the five senses, or the Bible calls it the carnal mind. Yes. So, when the subconscious level of your mind is renewed to the word of God, then this true holiness will start manifesting in our daily life. So, it all goes to the glory of God. It's not us trying to do it. All we are trying to do is to get our mind renewed to the truth of God's word. That is that we have the true holiness. We are created in holiness and that becomes part of it, right? Right. While we live on this earth, we need to pursue holiness. We need to go after holiness. Through the word of God and grace, we are learning how to walk in that holiness. So we are not trying to do good things to be holy, right? On our own. We are trying to release the holiness that is in us, that is in the new self, which is created in true holiness and righteousness after the likeness of God and of Jesus Christ. So we are receiving that. And so the idea is what is inside of our spirit should also be in our soul and in our body that is in our daily life. That is God's will. He's not expecting us to walk on this earth sinning every day and living an unrighteous life and getting into all uncleanliness of thoughts and action. No, that's not what God wants us to do as Christians. That's right. He wants us to be separate from all of that so that Jesus can now start manifesting in our daily life, right? We are not trying to be holy to please God so He can bless us. No, we are already blessed and we have this holiness and God is just expecting us to walk in it so that as we walk in His holiness, the world can see us and glorify God. Now, Simon, don't you want to live a holy life? Yes, of course. Right? We all want to, but we do make mistakes. We do sin sometimes that because our mind is still, you know, programmed a lot by the world. But as the Word of God starts dominating our mind, now everything that is in our spirit starts to manifest in our daily life. Because Jesus said in John fifteen nineteen, Simon, you want to read that? If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, Therefore, the world hateth you. So, that happened the minute you received Jesus Christ. Our spirits were taken out of the world. That means the world has no input into our spirit. Nothing from the world goes into our spirit. The Bible says in Ephesians, you are sealed by the Holy Ghost. But, mm -hmm. 
at the same time uh, god wants that same holiness and righteousness to manifest so that we can walk in it on a daily basis so christ did that for us all we have to do is learn how to put it on see the thing is i mean we are not of this world so in our soul and in our body we should be following after the righteousness sanctification holiness and all of that but we are not trying to be that we are already that in the spirit and that's the real us and now we are learning through grace and the holy spirit to be able to have the same thing manifest in our daily life and that's the key to a christian life inspiring you to love and serve jesus more you're listening to night light now look at first uh, corinthians chapter 1 and verse 2 unto the church of god which is at corinth to them that are sanctified in christ jesus called to be saints with all that in every place call upon the name of jesus christ our lord both theirs and ours see you're not a saint if you're not sanctified in christ and he's talking to the corinthian church which had some people practicing immoral activities and drunkenness and all of that he's writing to them and saying to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus that means they're justified they're clean they're set aside in Christ Jesus but that's not their soul or their mind he's talking about the spirits and called to be saints with all that in every place call upon the name of our lord jesus christ simon could you read uh, from hebrews 12 and verse 14 hebrews 12:14 follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the lord yes now that you know has been a controversial verse a verse for some time in the sense some pastors they teach it as look the bible says if you don't have holiness then you're not saved or you you won't see god or you won't go to heaven but that's not what it's talking about here hebrews 12:14 is saying follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the lord now we read in now uh, in ephesians chapter 4 and verse 24 that we are created in true holiness after god so our spirits are true as true holiness but here what is talking about is like without which no man shall see the lord now if that holiness doesn't manifest on the outside in our daily life then no man is going to see jesus in us right so that's what the bible is saying follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the lord we need to take that that verse into context with the rest of it like we have to understand that we already have the holiness in us but if that holiness is not manifesting in our daily life then it says without which no man shall see the lord here is not just talking about you seeing the lord right right it's not talking about salvation he's saying that we need to bring out this holiness so men can see jesus now let me ask you something when jesus was on the earth did jesus ever say that he was walking in holiness no he said what my father says that's what i say what my father shows me that's what i do that's right so he was just manifesting the same holiness that was in him through the holy spirit and he just walked in it see someone that's what god did with us when jesus died on the cross he did the same thing just like when jesus was on the earth he put the same holiness in us so that now we can walk in that holiness so men can see not our own holiness yes but 
the holiness of Christ coming through us, right? Right. So it's not talking about our salvation. So the whole goal of being a Christian is that we are hid in Christ. Now, Simon, could you read Colossians chapter 3 and verse 3? For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Right. So we are hid in Christ so that Christ is the one that is manifesting. Christ is the one that is seen by the world. Like say for example, if I go and hide in a closet and if somebody comes to my house, they will look at the closet. They don't see me. They see the closet, right? Yes. See, when we are hid in Christ, then Christ is the one that people see. Christ is the one that the holiness, the righteousness of Christ, the faith of Christ, the peace of Christ, the love of Christ is what is manifesting. And that's what Paul is saying. We are hid in Christ. We are not the one that is out saying, oh, look, you know, I'm a missionary, I'm a teacher, I'm this, I'm that, see how good I am. Or, you know, it's all about us. No, the secret of a Christian is to be hid in Christ. And that's what that verse is talking about. Without which no man shall see the Lord. So this holiness, we see in Christ and so we as we are hid in Christ Christ is the one that the world sees Christ is the one that does the work Christ is the one that does the teaching everything is now flowing out of the spirit instead of just from our, our mind so if you have holiness in your spirit you're complete the Bible says we are complete in Christ Jesus but in your soul the way you think the way you act the way you talk Yes. If it is not manifesting Christ, then nobody is going to see the Lord in us. And see, that is the secret of, you know, the mystery that was revealed. Remember I taught a class on the mystery of God, right? Right, yes, that was a good one. Yeah, see, that was a mystery that was hid through the ages and revealed to Paul, and so we have it. And the mystery is that God put everything we need in us so that we are not begging God, God make me holy, God make me righteous, God teach me righteousness. No, we are righteous and grace, the Holy Spirit, uh, the Word of God is what brings it out. This is where the whole church has missed the boat because they think, oh, I need to produce holiness. That means I have to be holy. That's right. Yeah, but you're holy because Christ made you holy. He recreated your spirit in true holiness and righteousness. Now we have a choice. If we want to live that holiness on the outside and walk in it so that the world can see Christ in us, then we have to pursue holiness. See, pursuing holiness means, like say for example, I want to pursue a degree in a university. That means the degree is, the degree is there, it's available. I just have to pursue it, right? Yes. See, it's the same thing with us. We need to pursue that holiness that's inside of us. We already have it and we just pursue it. You know, that should be a goal every day. Like I want Christ to be seen. So it's not talking about, you know, you're going to have an, we know, you know, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for by grace are we saved. It's not because of any holiness we, you know, we are trying to produce. So we know that. Right. We are already saved. Our spirit is saved. But our soul is still in the process of experiencing what is in our spirits. And that is what we call the mind renewal, the putting of the new man. Because we have so many thoughts and programming and all kinds of mindsets that cause us to sin or we end up with a bad testimony. But as we allow grace to teach us how to live godly, righteously, 
soberly in this life, we will start experiencing that true holiness. Now we know in uh, you know Titus chapter two, verse eleven and twelve, it says that you know grace has appeared to all men, talking about salvation, and he says, teaching us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust, and teaching us to live godly, righteously, and soberly in this world. So we are already a saint. We are saved. We are sanctified. But now grace is given to us to teach us on the outside to deny worldliness, lustful things, and to live Godly, right, righteously and soberly in this world. Simon, it's so amazing that our Father not only gave us His Word through which we can renew our mind and all these precious promises by which we can be partakers of His divine nature, but we also have been given, you know, grace, the Spirit, all of them, Amen, to teach us how to make this transition from the Spirit into our daily life or into our soul or our soulish realm. But see, if we are still trying to, you know, produce holiness our own, we are not tapping into what we already have. It's almost like, you know, having a car in my garage, but I don't use the car. I just walk around wherever I go, using my own strength to walk around and get tired and do stuff like that. When I have a car filled with gas sitting in my car, in my garage, the same thing. God filled us. Everything we need, all we have to do is learn how to receive it into our daily life, right? Right. But see, that is where a lot of times we go astray or we miss the mark. Now, if grace is a teacher teaching us, that means if there's a teacher, then there's a student, right? <laughs> you don't need a teacher if there's no students. So we are the student and grace is teaching it and we are learning how to allow the same holiness to dominate our life. Simon, did you understand that? Yes, that's very clear. But see, the thing is, if Christians can get that, then their life is going to be so much more peaceful. They're going, they're going to walk in peace because they're not continually struggling, like in the Old Testament, to try to produce some form of righteousness or some form of holiness for God to favor them or to give them any kind of blessings. But we already have it, and God is happy. And that's why the Bible says, you know, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now, what is faith? Faith in what? Faith in what God has done to us, given us. That's right. See, when we believe that God is pleased, because now God knows, okay, now I can start working, you know, in Him to be able to put on the new man. If you don't have that faith that God has already provided this, then the Bible says God is not pleased with that. It's not that He doesn't love us. Of course, He loves us. But He wants His children to use what He's given us. Inspiring you to love and serve Jesus more. You're listening to Night Light. Now, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 1. It says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Of course, he's talking to the Corinthians church again. He's saying we have these promises. Beloved, let us cleanse ourselves. He's talking about the promises that God has given us. So how do we cleanse ourselves? I mean, ourselves means on the outside. How do we allow the holiness to manifest in our body, that's the flesh, and our, you know, the word spirit there, it's not talking about our recreated spirit because we already learned that the recreated spirit is 
already created in true holiness. Right. So sometimes the Bible uses our soulish realm, you know, as a spirit. So it says, Beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of, of the flesh or the body of spirit, bringing holiness to completion. Of course, the fear of God here is not talking about, you know, trembling. He's talking about uh, reverencing of God. Yeah. We are his, he's our father, and so we reverence him. We love him. So bringing holiness to completion. Right. See, we are complete in our spirit, but as a whole being with a spirit, soul, and a body, God expects us to be complete in every area of, uh, you know, of the three part of our being. Just because a spirit is cleansed, is ready, it's complete, it's holy, doesn't mean we're going to walk in it. And so we need to pursue holiness, bringing holiness to completion. So now, not just our spirit, but our soul, the way we think, our emotions, our attitudes, everything is now uh, in the image of Christ. And then our body will start experiencing divine health. Because a lot of times people say, no, no, that's not possible. No, it is possible. God's Word says that. The Holy Spirit is given to us to bring life or restore life back into our body. But see, it happens as we believe what God's Word says about us. So you see that since we have these promises, these promises are what helps us to cleanse our mind. That is when the renewal of the mind happens. If the renewing of the mind doesn't happen, then we are not transformed into that image of Christ, into that holiness. Now, if you die, you still go to heaven. Even if your soul is not experiencing holiness, if you die, we still go to heaven. Because our spirits are heaven ready, right? Amen. Because we are made whole. But our mind is not yet ready. Our mind is still walking in the carnal. We are still thinking, you know, according to our five senses input how the world thinks. Our mind is still not according to the Word of God. I mean, it is renewed to some degree, but, you know, God wants us to complete the process. Yes. You know, our mind is still going through fear, worry, anxiety, you know, we take on men's doctrines and, you know, all kinds of things. Right. And that's why the Christians have such a hard time because they don't understand the difference. So my job is not to think that I'm not holy. No, the real me, I'm holy, but I need to allow that holiness to come out into my daily life, right? Right. Simon, isn't it easier for you, I mean, for your wife to go into the refrigerator, take out the meat, or take out the vegetables and cook your meal? Or is it easier for her to go and grow the crop, grow the fruits, grow the onions, grow the garlic, you know, grow the cow <laughs> to get the meat? No, she already has it. All she's doing is using what she has in her daily life. See, that is what uh, God did. He put everything in us. And all we are doing is, is saying, Father, I thank you. Yes. That you have put this holiness, the true holiness in me, and teach me how to receive it into my daily life, into my soul, so that now I can walk in holiness. And that's what Paul is saying, let us cleanse ourselves. And who's going to help us cleanse ourselves? Grace. We just read that in Titus chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. From every defilement of the body and of the spirit. Now let's go to Colossians chapter 2 and verse 10. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Yeah, we are complete in Him. 
What part of us is complete in him? It is a spirit that God recreated. We are complete in him. So the Bible is not contradicting itself. Paul is not contradicting itself. There are two things. One is the sanctification that Jesus did when we got saved. That's our spirit. And then there is a sanctification of our soul and our body. And that is, if we don't involve in it, our body will be changed when Jesus comes back or when we die and we go to heaven and we receive a new body at the second coming of Jesus, according to Paul in Corinthians, right? But that has not happened yet. So our mind and our body, God gave us the tools, gave us everything to get our body and our soul lined up with what is in our spirit, right? And that's why we, you know, we had a class on we are bought with a price. Remember in 1 Corinthians 6.20, it says yes. that we are brought with a price, so we glorify God in spirit and in our body, right? <laughs> so since we have these promises, the Bible says let's cleanse ourselves from every defilement of the body from bringing holiness to completion. Now let's go to Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Yes, so Paul is making a difference. He's saying, I'm dead, right? And Christ liveth in me. That's the spirit. Then he says, the life that I live in the flesh. See, that is where the holiness of God has to manifest. So Paul is saying, the life now I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of Jesus Christ. He doesn't say in Jesus Christ. It's the same faith of Jesus Christ. See, that is the faith that pleases God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. That's the faith Paul is talking about. That's given to us as a gift. We have it. But as we read the word of God or the promise of God, that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's not coming from heaven. It's coming from inside of you and me. And so that part, the life that now I live in the flesh, that is the class I'm teaching about, as I many say, the true holiness is already ours through Jesus Christ. But we want that to also manifest, otherwise it's useless. We're going to walk around saying we are Christians, you know, it's okay, I'm a sinner, it doesn't matter. We identify ourselves with filthiness or sinning, instead of identifying ourselves with who we really are in Christ Jesus, which is that we are complete. We just read that in Colossians chapter 2.10. So Paul was able to have the same righteousness and holiness that Jesus had, and he learned to walk in that holiness. Of course, holiness is also a separation from the world, and we are separated unto God, right? Okay, now let's go to 1 Peter 1.15. 1 Peter 1.15 But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. But as he who called you is holy, he's talking about God, talking about Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Now, you also be holy in your conversation. Of course, the word conversation in the Bible, in the New Testament, is talking about your life, your lifestyle, right? or your conduct. So we are holy already, but we also need to have that same thing manifest in our daily life. Since it is written, 
you shall be holy for I am holy. See, return means talking about the Old Testament. Of course, there is scripture that says that. But God made it possible in the Old Testament nobody could be holy because only holiness they had was what they tried to do on their own. But every Christian is given the same holiness. That's right. I don't have any more holiness than anybody else who's, who's a born-again Christian. We all have the same holiness. But Peter's saying because, you know, who called us is holy, he's expecting us also to walk in the same holiness because that is what God's children are. We are God's children. We are his people. For most of my life as a missionary, I never thought about walking in holiness. I kind of dreaded that because, you know, I knew I was doing a, you know, a lot of stuff I shouldn't have done. You now I was bickering, murmuring, I was treating people sometimes badly or talking behind people's back, being very selfish. All of that was there. And so I just identified myself as a real sinner saved by grace. No, we are not sinners saved by grace. In our spirit, we are saved by grace. Amen. But in our soulish realm, we still commit sins to some degree. Is that because we are not receiving what is already in our spirit? So God is holy. He's separated from the world. Jesus is holy. We have the Holy Spirit living in us. Amen. The Holy Spirit and God will not live in us if our spirits are not recreated and not holy. That's right. So he lives in us. Now he says you need to have the same thing manifesting in the world. Now which part of us, Simon, interacts with the world, connects with the world? Yeah, what part of us connects with the world? It is a soulish realm, right? Our thoughts, our attitudes, you know, our imaginations, our body. That is what interacts with the physical world. And that is where Satan is able to give us input. He can make our body sick or he can give us thoughts, uh, attitudes, uh, mindsets, doctrines that messes, uh, messes our lives up. See, that's the part we interact with the world. Our spirit doesn't interact with the world directly. Our spirits interact with the world through our soul. And so that soul that is, you know, what we interact the world with, we need to get that lined up or renewed in the same way that our spirits were renewed. So when that happens, now we are walking in spirit, soul, and body according to God, right? Right. And see, that is where a lot of, uh, you know, pastors and teachers and evangelists and churches, they don't teach the people that. They tell their people, you are unclean because you just commit adultery. You are this. You're in tithe. So, you know, God is going to take away your... See, they, they try to attack people and make them try to be holy on their own. That's right. For 2,000 years since the law came, people tried to. It, it didn't work. So God had to give us that His holiness so that now we can walk in it. So that we can walk as a child of God. But people have this attitude, oh, you know, I'm under grace, so I can do whatever I want. It doesn't matter. God loves me and he will always take care of me. Yes, God will do that. But if God wants us to take, you know, to have our souls to be like the recreated spirit in us, then we have a job to do. And that job is to allow grace to teach us how to live holy, righteously and soberly in this world. Simon, could we go to First Thessalonians chapter 4? Verse 7, For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, 
but unto holiness. Yes, right? Now here, Paul is saying the same thing that Peter said. For God has not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. So if God called us, then he wants us to walk in it, right? Right. Now, God called me to be a missionary in 1986, and that was a physical you know, calling in the sense that I have to leave my job, my parents, all of that, and I started uh, doing missionary work with other missionaries. He called me. Now, God also called me not on uncleanliness, but on holiness. So God is expecting me to walk in that same holiness that he has given me. See, that is God's will for every Christian. Yes. Now, there is no condemnation, Simon, right? Right. When we sin or if we fall short, uh, there is no condemnation in it because, you know, there is no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. But our goal should be like, yes, I want to walk in holiness and God has given it to me as a gift through the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus made it available through his death, burial, and resurrection. So as a child of God, I want to walk as my Father wants me to walk. I want to walk as Jesus walked on the earth, totally separated from the world in his attitude, his mindset, his thinking processes. Now, now look at Romans 6.22, Simon. I'm going a little faster here with the scriptures so we can wrap up. But now, being made free from sin, and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness, and the end everlasting life. Yes, so here Paul is saying that we have been made free from sin, right? Now, our spirit is free from sin, our spirit doesn't sin. In First John it says that, you know, we cannot sin. That's talking about our spirit. Sin doesn't enter our spirit. Sin is not our master anymore. Jesus is our master. So because of that, we need to have a fruit onto holiness. Now, fruit is a manifestation of what is inside of us. Right. Like we have the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, all of that. Yes. But it say it stays inside of us unless it bears fruit on the outside. Amen. Like sometimes people, you know, say, oh, yes, I have the fruit of love, the fruit of joy, and the fruit of peace. Yes, you have it in your spirit, but it's not a fruit till it manifests on the outside. Right, Simon? A mango tree, you know, when you look at a tree, you know it's a mango tree because you see that fruit. And that's what we were reading before, that no man shall see the Lord if we don't walk in holiness. So the fruit onto holiness, we need that as Christians. So you have your fruit onto holiness. See, the Bible is again and again telling us that our life should be a life of holiness. Not that we are going to produce it on our own. It's already implanted in us. It's inside of us. See, that's the amazing part of the gospel that Paul taught everywhere he went. Okay, Simon, let me give you one more verse. I mean, I have so, yeah. I have so many, but we don't have the time. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4. Ephesians 1, 4. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. See, it was God's will, even before the foundation of the world. I mean, this is amazing. I mean, I get so excited every time I teach on this topic. It's, just, it's amazing. God knew that we should walk in holiness and we should be holy. So he has chosen us in Christ before the foundation of the world, 
we are all in Christ, that's why we are Christians, that we should be holy, which he did through Christ, our spirits are holy, and without blame before him in love. So God already did that. And if they can see Christians whose outside is only worldliness, and that's what people see, and we say things like, oh, I'm a sinner, thank God, praise God, I don't have to worry about it, it's, you know, it's all up to God. No, it's not all up to God. God did everything he possibly can and gave us through Jesus Christ. All of this, righteousness, holiness, everything, God did it. And he put it in us. And now he's saying, if you want to experience this, go ahead, get your mind renewed to what is already inside of us, right? Right. So it's not all up to him. And the scripture says we need to pursue it or follow it. How do we do that? Second Peter chapter 1, verse 4. By these exceeding great and precious promises, we become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. You see that? Yes. That is the word of God. That is the exceeding great and precious promises. By these, we become partakers or that same holiness that is inside of us, that is the nature of God, we become partakers on the outside through those precious promises. Yes. But if you don't study the word, we don't read those precious promises, we don't know what those precious promises are, then we are never going to partake of the divine nature in our daily life. Right, Simon? I mean, how can we not thank God? How can we not praise Him for what He's done? Not just, you know, He healed us or He gave us a good house or we have a car. All of those are good. But the spiritual gifts, the spiritual treasure, the Bible says we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. See, He gave it to us. All these treasures, inheritance. And He said, now, child, or son, walk ye in it, and all you have to do is take the promise of God, meditate on it till you believe it, right? till it becomes a revelation, till you embrace it. A lot of people don't embrace uh, the Word of God. Embracing is totally different from reading it or understanding it. That's right. And so as we embrace the promise of God that, okay, I'm true, I, I'm, I am created in true holiness, I don't have to fake it, I don't have to, you know, produce it, it's given to me, and all I have to do is to allow that same thing to come into my daily life. Yes. And we do that by those precious promises, and we get our mind renewed. So, Simon, that is my goal. I don't want to walk in uh, filthiness and, you know, I want to be holy also on the outside. Because I know when I do that, Satan can't touch me, either in my thought or in my body. Right now, you know, he bombards me with thoughts and this and that, and my body gets attacked and all kinds of stuff. But as I allow what is inside of me, that purity, that holiness, that righteousness, the completeness, the wholeness, when I meditate on it, when I think on it, when I believe it and embrace it, now that becomes a reality in my daily life. And Simon, I'm telling you, I'm giving you a testimony right here. Since I understood that and I started meditating on it, started believing that I'm holy, Simon, I'm walking much more in holiness than I ever did before, right? And it is the truth and it is what it works. 
I'm not teaching this because, you know, I want to be holy. No, I, I want to be holy. I don't want the devil to have an inroad into my life. Yes. Which he does. You know, I'm not, I haven't arrived, like I say all the time. I, I'm on the process. I'm on the journey. But I have left that, you know, self-holiness, self-righteousness trip. And now I know I have it. God gave it to me through Jesus. I just have to believe it and walk in it. Amen. And that's what Jesus said when, you know, some people asked uh, Jesus, what should we do to work the works of God, right? <laughs> so they asked God, Jesus, how, you know, you're doing this. How do we work the works of God? And Jesus said, believe on him, right, that God sent. He said, believe on me. Believe on me in what? That you are in Christ Jesus now. Of course, you know, this was before the cross. And Jesus is saying, believe in me. See, the word believe, that is how we are transformed. It's not by works. We just meditate on the word of God and we believe the word of God. So if we believe we are holy, we talk about it. We never say, oh yeah, I'm a filthy sinner. No, I, I, you know, I'll never say that anymore. Even if I do commit some sin sometimes, I'm not a filthy sinner. I have the holiness of God. I'm learning to, you know, walk in it. That doesn't mean I'm a filthy sinner. Now, do I commit sin sometimes? Yes, I do. But I don't identify myself with that. I identify myself what God says about me. And that is, I have the true holiness. Nightline. Okay, so Simon, any questions on it? No, I think that was very clear, Melvin. And I'm thankful that I now have a correct understanding of what it means to be holy. And it's not something I have to try to be, but it's something that I am just by the grace of God. So let's close here, unless there's anything else that you'd like to add. Yeah, I mean, what I want to say, Simon, is that we are his children. What manner of love has a father bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God? Right? Right. And it's not just you know, a fairy tale or it's something behind the back of our mind. Amen. That should be the most important thing that we think about all day long, right? Yes. I am a child of God. I am endured with power. I'm endured with authority. I'm endured uh, with holiness, with righteousness, with peace, with love, with healing. See, when we have that in the forefront of our mind and we meditate on it, now, you know, the sonship, that God gave us becomes a reality. Now, I don't mm. want to die and go to heaven and, and, and look back and feel like, oh, I got, had everything, but I didn't walk in it, right? So before I die or before Jesus mm. comes, my goal is that I want to walk in everything that Jesus gave his life for, right? Not just forgiveness of sins, but in everything. And so that is what motivates me, Simon, to teach these classes. And, you know, I have to get this into me. I have to go over it again and again, meditate on it, pray about it, till it comes out like a, a river, right? <laughs> uh, and so that's what I would you know, close with. It's like, let's decide to walk as sons of God in every area, mm -hmm. right? Okay, I'll stop there, and God bless you all, guys. And, of course, this is only half of the class, but this is good. If you meditate on it, and this this will do it, right? It will yeah, renew your yeah. mind, and yes. Well, you can always come back and do a part two, as you've done with some other topics, unless you'd rather share a new one. 
Oh yes, I have another one. I mean, I I just been teaching that. The Lord gave it to me, like a, you know, a week ago when I was praying about something. And it's called the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and pride of life. Right? It's not of the Father. I always knew that, but you know, when I really got into the scriptures on it, I I saw from the beginning. from adam and eve how satan had used these three things so yes i will teach it next time when you have sometime yes <laughs> okay melvin god bless and thanks so much you welcome sarvan anytime nightlight you're listening to an international edition of nightlight shining god's love light to the world Okay, so that's all for this week. Let's go out with an instrumental. I have a lot of lovely instrumentals and I think a good time to play them is after a Bible class as that will give you time to reflect on the teaching that you've just heard. So, let's go out with this one from Emmanuel Gilligan which he's called Kush. <laughs> 